Welcome to Authority Issues, a podcast about leadership, management, and whiskey, and more whiskey. I'm Rachel Perkins, aka Pi or Pi Bob. I'm into words, operation cheese, and whiskey, and of course, leadership. And I'm Kendall Miller, and my intro is going to be afternoon coffee or afternoon beer. That's the question, but I feel like the real question is afternoon coffee afternoon whiskey? or afternoon whiskey. Uh, man, I wish I could still drink whiskey the way I used to drink whiskey. It kind of fucks me up these days. So. Oh, that's Anyways. too bad. Uh, but And then eventually, today on the show, we uh, will be talking about why your company is not your family. Uh, yes. Yeah. Some heavy subjects. But start... But- Start with a, with some ketchup. So it's been it's it's been a long ass year, and Kendall's scheduling has been complicated. Kendall, it's only May. And it's well, okay. I mean, like since last summer, I, I have kids. I, a year yeah, follows a year. the school schedule. It does not follow the calendar year. Um, <laughs> Captain, it's only May. It's only um, May. The. Uh, so there's been a lot of back and forth and a lot of difficulty, but we finally, we're having an episode where we're recording, talking with each other. We just recorded one last week that we're shipping probably two weeks before this one ships with an actual human being. Um, <laughs> Unlike us robots. What's what's going on with you? And uh, yeah, tell me, give me some updates. Because I heard you you have a, I, you said something about whiskey about and I thought whiskey? maybe that was relevant. Yeah, about so whiskey. in 2005... I don't remember if I told Damn. this story on the podcast or not, but in uh, 2005, but you should share it again. Yeah. I spent about 800 bucks and I invested in the Brooklady cask program. <coughs> Excuse me, which uh, is how they were uh, expanding and, and opening up the old distillery at Brooklady on Isla in Scotland, and that's often how distilleries do it: is they will let you invest in a cask or similar. Um, so they have some operating funds up front and, um, that was 17 years ago and I was allowed at the time to pick the kind of cask I wanted and the level of peating that I wanted. They filled the cask, big barrel for me. It's got my name on it or did. Uh, but this past week, in fact, a week ago today, uh, the bottled contents of my cask arrived here on a shipping pallet, uh, 186 bottles of... Uh, cask strength single malt whiskey from Brooklady is a private bottle. Did any of them break in transit? No. No. Not a single one. Okay, sorry, I cut you off. Keep. No, no, a couple of the boxes are squished. Yeah, I have photographs on my Instagram. If you want my Instagram, find me and ask me and I'll show you a post. But uh, a few of the boxes got a little squished. It was a whole pallet. Like, they brought a freight truck to my house and unloaded it. Anyway, it's exciting. Uh, It's delicious. Okay, it's yeah, a lot of I, I want to ask a bunch of questions about this. Okay, so let me start with, I mean, there's a lot. That's, yeah. Okay, the, the first question is, is it good? Had you had Brooklady whiskey before your cask arrived? You, you've oh, been definitely. and you, like, visited the, the yeah. cask at some point. Yeah, so, right. so tell, tell, like, okay, my question is, number one, is Brooklady whiskey good in general? And mm-hmm. number two... Is there any possible way you could be objective about this? Like, you've, you've waited 20 <laughs> fucking years almost. Like, what if this, this could be the world's worst it's whiskey. Terrible. And yeah, you could um, be like, yes, no, this is No, it's so amazing. good. It's my whiskey. Yeah, uh, so yeah. the reason that I invested in the first place is that um, I used to shop for single mall at this place in San Francisco called KNL. It's like a three-store uh, chain, a, a, a wine and liquor chain uh, in the Bay Area. And the, the buyer there at the time, he doesn't work there anymore, but he did work there for a long time. 
had introduced me to Brooke Lottie stuff and I liked it. And then he's like, hey, they're having this cast program. You should check it out. I'm like, well, that'll be a lark. Totally. <laughs> you know, when, when will I ever get the, the bottles out of this thing? It's going to take a long time. But I did it. And um, I have gone, I've tasted it three times in the interim, like three years uh, after it was bottled or uh, put in the cask, they sent a bottle to my dad who was coming to visit me because they couldn't send me a taste from Scotland to here. They, they're not allowed to do that. Um, so I tasted it then. And then I went back twice to the distillery and tasted it in the interim. And it was always good. But specifically your cask is what right. you tasted. Like they, yeah. would, they would open it up a little bit and let yeah. a little bit out and you would. They would so take a bung. Was it good enough? It's called. 10 years. Yeah, no, I know. The bung, bung, bung it up. And yeah, it's amazing. Um, wait, sorry. So many questions about this. Did you, <laughs> was it so good 10 years ago that waiting this extra 10 years wasn't worth it? Uh, I just thought that it would, I mean, all of the Brooklady that I'd had, and I've drunk a lot in the interim, and I recommend it, it is a good distillery. Uh, the Isla, Isla specializes in more smoky whiskeys. Like, um, yeah. you know, you probably, probably tried a bunch of those and some people are not into that. Uh, Brooklady does do some smoky stuff. Uh, they have a Port Charlotte, which is delicious and very smoky. And then they have some more expensive and weird ranges that are even more smoky and weird. Um, so, but with my experience with their different age statements, I had a feeling that it would be better to wait. And then when it was, this was in 2015 or 2016, uh, a friend of mine who used to belong to this, uh, this private club in San Francisco, uh, he and his business partner wrote it off as a business expense because you could have meetings there, but it has a lovely bar. And they had a private event where the master distiller from Brooklady came and did a tasting. And so he's like, well, I'm totally inviting you. So I got to go to this thing. Um, and I met the master distiller and asked him to taste my cask and give me notes on it when he got back to Scotland, which he did. And he agreed with me that it should, it, it's great now, but you could probably wait another few years. Um, and I did. Well, and so I'm glad I did because it's great. I mean, the reason I ask that is, like, I'm a big Laphroaig fan. Like, mm -hmm. probably my favorite whiskey ever. Oh, you should try the and, Port Charlotte then. Okay. Well, so, like, Laphroaig, even at 10 years, is fantastic. And, mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've, I've spent a bunch of money on the fancy Laphroaigs that are aged way longer. Um, I like the cask strength. and But, sure, I can spend twice as much money on another bottle of Laphroaig. But, honestly, Laphroaig 10-year is is so oh, I good agree. I agree. that like so there's a diminishing returns it's the same thing like like i age tobacco right and and at six months mm -hmm. tobacco is magical at a year i mean it's mildly better than six months at 10 yeah, years diminishing it's returns barely better than six months like yeah so i'm just curious like you feel like you didn't hit diminishing returns it was worth it this was the right yeah. amount i think over 20 years for um good quality of single malt is often about that time where yeah, after that it gets way more expensive and it's not worth it to me uh, i feel yeah. the same way about bonahaban they're 17 year i uh, in general 16 17 18 years is perfect it's magical as you put it but then after that the price goes way up and it's not worth the the slightly improved or possibly even yeah. decline in um in the flavor so I, uh, I agree. Um, no, I, but the thing is, I mean, I had other contacts here, right? I'd already paid for this. I was going to pay for the bottling and I did pay for the bottling and I paid import taxes and I paid my shipper, my importer, who was awesome to work with. 
Um, and it ended up being about $17 a bottle uh, for, Shit. yeah, for it, the label says 16, but by the time they got around to bottling it, it was almost 17 years old. Uh, things got real slow during the pandemic on Isla, as yeah. you can imagine. Um, so to me, it was totally worth waiting the extra time. I wasn't going to end up paying more. So right. why not wait? Right. Yeah, it was great. I'm, so, I'm very happy. <laughs> so how many bottles? 100 and... 186 bottles. 185 and, a, and two thirds at the moment. <laughs> so it's it's a little over a half year's supply. <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah, totally. No, how long how long is it going to take you to get through? I mean, do you drink a bottle a week? Are you are you no. trying to kind of push through it? Do you drink a bottle a month? How's it? I don't even know. So I've I've had a little a couple of nights. I think three nights since I got it. I've had a little. Uh, it's very strong because it's calf strength. It's almost sixty three percent, and yep. even at calf strength, water it's it tasty. Uh, the last time I tried it, I did water it down about fifteen percent, and it was really good really smooth yeah. so that's probably how i'm going to recommend people drink it if people if you come and visit me in port townsend you will get your own bottle to take home uh <laughs> please uh, i'm gonna be right. in portland in a few months which is yeah. pretty close but it that's says four hours away there, so. yeah yeah so so i don't know someday perhaps because you'll be living I'm, closer I'll get out there speaking of which at some point yeah speaking, speaking of which, of which Nice segue, what, what, right? What are you? What are you gonna say? What are you gonna say? <laughs> um, yeah, no. Speaking of which, I am moving back to the states this summer. So in actually two months from now, I should be in the states, uh, which is coming quickly. Um, yeah. We just made the decision two weeks ago or something, but uh, mostly for school-related reasons. It's mm-hmm. we, we're, we're glad we came. We've had a great year in Portugal. It's been really nice for a lot of reasons, but. Uh, the reasons to stay are all like, we like the food and the weather and we like living on a beach and I go swimming and sailing and kayaking all the time. And the reasons to go are like, we value our children's future. And it's sort of like a pretty easy decision. Um, so mm-hmm. it's not it's not a bash on Portugal. It's a like the, the opportunities that are available to our kids if we go back because of their age, because of where they are in their school system, et cetera, um, are just wildly different. So uh, mm-hmm. Super glad we did it. It's been a great year. It's been a great experience, I think, for almost everyone. Um, you know, I got one kid who's super bummed about the move back, but uh, the rest of them are, like, pretty excited about it. But, yeah, so it's happening. Man. We're coming back. Wow. Right. And you kept your same house, so that's going to be easy, at least. You don't have to find housing. Unfortunately, I sold everything else that I owned. So, uh, <laughs> and I know I you love to buy have things to start from scratch. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's funny. My some people like it's like their dream to go buy things, and it's and I don't you know I, I don't mind buying another bike. Sure, but mm-hmm. I, ha- I have a bike. I'm gonna bring my bike back with me, and uh, I mean I'm sure I'll buy more bikes, but. Um, my wife hates having to, you know, be a part of furnishing another house, and I'm not very helpful at it. Like I can I can go furnish a house, but. Yeah, what will you get? It turns out, yeah. And uh, so anyway, so there's a lot of work to do. I think one of the biggest frustrations is we have to buy new cars, right? Like I have Mm -hmm. to buy two new cars for a large family. And one of my kids turns 15 this summer, so like driving is starting. And anyways, there's – it's just going to be long and complicated and messy. And it's fine. I'm looking forward to it. It will be easy because we have a place to stay. We know where it is. We know where they're going to school. School Mm -hmm. is basically already sorted. And um, yeah, but still, it will be a lot easier to work 
from the US. I have, like, it's been a fine year. I've given me the opportunity to network around Europe, which I wanted. Um, but uh, but yeah. ultimately, every company in Europe talks to people in the United States, and a lot of them are on the Pacific time zone. And mm-hmm. it is real inconvenient to have all of your meetings bunched up at the very end of your day and late into your evening. And um, then you and I will get calls. to talk more, hopefully, because it was very difficult. And then we will get to talk difficult. more. It will be easier to schedule uh, schedule these things. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of changes coming, but uh, uh, yeah. it's yeah. good. So I will get up there and hassle you at some point because one of my goals, having learned to sail this year, is I really mm-hmm. want to sail the Pacific Northwest. Um, there's some specific bits basically from Seattle on north up past Vancouver Island that like it's just been a dream of mine for a long time to get a boat and spend a month clunking around up there so hopefully I pull that off at some point and Townsend's on the way so yeah it's glorious you could come to the wooden boat festival this fall it's very popular nice what's the best time of year to be up there oh man I mean now is amazing excuse me is it yeah yeah it's gloriously sunny about 60 degrees it's going to go up to 70 75 on the weekend it's wonderful yeah it just got done being kind of gray and rainy for a while but it was it's still way better than the surrounding areas for rainfall and grayness like it's uh protected by the olympic mountain range and so it's a lot nicer than seattle (laughs) interesting interesting Well, let well, me so, know. So we'll you have here. at least one more update that I want to hear about and see a picture related to. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I made an awesome floppy sun hat, uh, and I just made a second one but uh, for a friend, but um, I'm going to paste this picture of it at you. Um, I really like it. That's actually it inside out. It has a uh, flowery lining. It's fully reversible. But it's, I'm very that happy with it. fantastic. Yeah, so this is a, I'm looking at, I'm going to describe, and you can tell uh-huh. me if I uh, describe poorly. Um, <laughs> it is a floppy sun hat, just like you said. The top is very flowery, and as colorblind as I am, I'm going to go for, it's mostly green and orange? Green and red and orange, yeah. With a green, dark, dark olive And then what's the, the other side is solid Like an olive green. linen, yeah. yeah. It looks fantastic, and you look smiley in it. I love it. I'm very happy. And a friend of mine was so excited about it that I decided to secretly make her one. And she's super into frogs. So the lining has frogs all over it. How hard was it to make? It's really quick, actually. It's just a little fussy. It takes me maybe a couple hours, two and a half hours to make it, um, cutting it from cutting it out all the way through to finishing it. But uh, you do have to be kind of fiddly around fitting the top circle part into the brim and, and the crown of yeah. the hat is you kind of have to be careful to make sure it doesn't all bunch up in one corner or something. But right. yeah, I'm excited right. about that. I would that. think it would be hard to cut that way, but uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, what about you? Any other uh, news to, to report? No, I mean, that's the, the majority of life revolves around that. Uh, I'm trying to okay, think of anything getting else. Everybody there's ready there's to lots go. of other things. Yeah, there's lots of other things happening, but most of it's not reportable. So, um, mm. Secret my, life of my Kendall. My entire life is uprooting and moving. Well, and even like work stuff, like I'll, because I'm involved in some of the corporate development stuff for the companies that I work with, it's a lot of times ha the problems ha, that I think about all the time that are most <laughs> interesting are like... That you cannot talk about. <laughs> are all things I can't talk about. I really want to process them because I always find them really fascinating, especially as the economic situation changes and... Uh, you know, all these things, but like, um, and this is a fascinating process, like just the way that companies raise money and buy and sell other companies is fascinating, but, uh, Mm -hmm. 
it's yeah it's almost always uh, on the down low and even after the fact i can't usually share any details so um, yeah and that kind uh, of uh is i mean the topic that we want to talk about today is kind of that way as well it's difficult to talk about from the perspective um a perspective on you know like whether the company you work for is going to treat you right if it's gonna uh what's your responsibility as a leader at a company to your employees when they have difficulty uh all of that is very i, I think there's an inherent tension in take all the time you need oh but not that much you know kind of when something yeah. goes wrong, when you're sick, when you have a family member die, or you know someone you're trying to take care of is uh, requires a lot of uh, of your time, that is a difficult thing to navigate. Obviously, as the person in question, but it's also a difficult thing to navigate as a, a leader, a manager, company leadership. What what's reasonable? So that's yeah. What I thought well, we'd talk and about I think today. one of the ways that you put it is like. Um, how do you balance the company needs to, I, I can't remember what exactly your words were, but when we were discussing this, uh, the company needs to make money in order for you to have a paycheck and stay employed here, right? Also, right. you're a human and you need to be a functional human in order to be useful here and to have a job. And so like there's some amount of like, and, and I hate to boil it down to just be useful, but like you're a human who has human emotions and has human, you know, and uh, I know of companies that are, talking to me about hey there's so many people here dealing with mental health things is that nor is this like what's going on in the industry is this a post-covid thing or what's <sighs> a you know like question and it's well i think there's some of that is the case and mm -hmm. um i think it's a fascinating balance because i think the short answer is the company is for profit if they let everybody do nothing while everybody's having a hard time the company's going to go out of business. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to have a job. And now there's no support to offer. So there's obviously that can't happen. Now that's a pretty extreme example. And the other side of it is like, hey, I'm having a hard time and I need a few days. And a boss saying, fuck you. This is a workplace. Get your shit together and show up. Like that's the other extreme, right? So like mm -hmm. there is a tension in between there. And, um, you know, to your other point, your work is not your family. A business at the end of the day, is a capitalistic endeavor mm -hmm. and it has to make money to stay alive. It's like eating, at least in America. I feel <laughs> Are like you saying say that, that companies eat their employees? Cause I would definitely agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and what's interesting is like a family is inherently not a for-profit business. Like it doesn't matter how much you dislike me, your brother, Rachel, uh, you can't put me on a pip and fire me. You can tell me you're Wanna unhappy. Me try? You can do no. everything you can. Yeah, well, that's, that's I mean, it's an interesting mm -hmm. messiness that, that, that comes in as a result of that. And so, uh, you know, the entire family might get dragged down and suffer and be miserable and die because one member is having a hard time where in a company, uh, you can't, they would not let that happen. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's basically poorly run. Right. What if it's yeah. the founders? What if it's, but, this is this is a, a difficult place for especially middle, middle management to be, right? Where you're the direct leader of some number of employees at a time like this and times during the last three years and probably more times in the future, as you pointed out, people are having difficulty both with mental health and physical health regarding to the pandemic and the fallout from that and the way that it changes the way people can interact with each other 
some people had a really hard time not going to the office. Some of us were much yeah. more happy without going to the office and now going back is causing tension and people are getting sick again. Like, uh, how do you navigate that when you have a team and a larger fraction of that team than might have historically been the case has a has problems, has a, a need to not be as productive as they might otherwise have been. Either they're sick themselves, they're, they just can't even. There's a lot of not evening happening, and I, I totally get why that's happening. Some of you them remember their quitting. family that is sick. I didn't hear your yeah. joke, I'm sorry. I said you mean they're quiet quitting. They're quiet quitting, yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I, don't <think> <laughs> I definitely don't blame people for quitting. that. <laughs> can't evening yeah. uh so yeah th that when that's happening and there's you know there are larger scale reasons for that to be happening how do you think companies are talking about this internally like do we change our do we have a formal policy about how, what percentage of your department can be out uh do we right. change our expectations our projections of income based on this like there's a lot of ways you could approach it well, I think what's interesting, so I want to I go into a few specific examples. Um, I want to talk about uh, pregnancy and the way that takes people mm -hmm. away from hands-on keyboard or showing up at meetings or whatever. The, the, it's the it's not just pregnancy. Is, yeah. I mean, parental leave, period, if the company's mm -hmm. allowing that, is in theory equal across both genders, whether they're carrying the baby or not. Um, there's uh, both genders. Yeah, I, I, you I'm, you're so I'm, I'm you're such a, a boomer. Let me, let me just start back um, uh, yeah. Anyone Anyways, could take parental the, leave. Yes, that anyone could take parental leave. So there's there's a lot of ways these these things happen. But I want to I want to start with one specific example, which was uh, something that happened to a friend of mine recently. Was sign into to work, uh, and a person who's expected to be at stand up doesn't show up at stand up, and you don't worry about that. Hey, you know maybe something happened. They're usually pretty punctual. I assume probably something came up. They probably have a reasonable reason, and you expect like an hour later you get a message. Hey, He's sorry, like, hey, sorry, XYZ yeah. happen. Even if it's like my internet was out and I, you know, I couldn't get to a place to message you and tell you, um, all the way up to, Hey, had a family emergency, super sorry. Uh, I'll catch up and be back on. Right. But this was like, person doesn't show up to stand up. No response. Uh, or no, I don't think the manager even reached out the first day. Right. Second day doesn't show up to stand up. And then the manager reaches out, Hey, everything. Okay. Yes. This isn't on your outages calendar or whatever it is. Um, and then day three, nothing. Day four, nothing. Day, you know, week two, nothing. And all of a sudden now you go from like, hey, man, come on, get your shit together to like, ah, shit, like what's going on? Are you okay? Did you get hit by a car? Like what's going on? And and you, you start to panic. Like what mm -hmm. am I responsible for? How do I get in touch with their next of kin or who's their emergency contact? Like what was interesting about this particular situation that I'm thinking about is a lot of the advice that people were giving is like, Hey everybody, entire company, update your emergency contact because mm -hmm. you know you don't think about it and then all of a sudden it's like I need this. So I had a situation with an employee who just disappeared off the face of the planet. And he was a little flaky, so I wasn't entirely surprised. Like he he was good enough at the job, the flakiness was not a, a driving mm -hmm. concern yet. But all of a sudden disappears and disappears for two days and then three days. And then I'm calling the cell phone saying, you know, Hey, what's going on? And I'm trying at work hours. I'm trying after work hours just to like, are you, are you dead? Like, do I need to worry about <laughs> right. you? Do I need to contact the next of kin and finally find out, Hey, my, uh, you know, significant other is in a significant 
bad way for whatever reason. X, Y, Z's happened. We've been in and out of the hospital. This happened, you know, and then, and then it's just, you switch the conversation to, Hey, what do we need to cover while you're gone? How can I help you? How long do you need? Let's give you support. And that's like a super isolated, you know, I, I, I'm thinking several things here. One, you go from like, Hey, how's the business going to do without this person to right over to like, oh shit, are they okay? What's going on? Why aren't they okay? How do I support them? Mm-hmm. To, okay, now it's been three months and you start going, well, what do we do in this person's absence? Do we need to backfill them even if it's temporarily? Um, you know, there just ends up with all those considerations. Um, and one of those considerations is, and for, you know, I, I don't like this, but wh- how much are they worth to us to keep? Yeah. Right? Were they were they stellar performers or were they, um, you know, as you said, kind of flaky, not necessarily the top of the class kind of thing. And th- that calculation is being made all the time, whether or not you know, you're out or not, like when you're doing your let's assign everyone to levels so we know who to lay off. And, the, you know, there's been a ton of layoffs lately. A lot of that kind of activity has been happening. And it's really companies don't like employees to think that they're being viewed that way, but they are. Uh, And this is kind of down to the, this is why your company is not your family. Whether they say take all the time you need, they don't actually mean that. I think, um, yeah, we'll finish that thought. I was just saying there's, there's just a a difference in impedance there. (laughs) What's what the time I need is not necessarily the time the company (laughs) thinks I need. Well, so specifically along these lines, when when a person leaves, let's say somebody who's super important, a, a, an executive at the highest levels that has been key to the company's success, comes and gives notice. What happens is, you know, the entire executive team flips out, uh, loses their shit, panics, and then immediately goes into problem solving mode and then goes and says, hey, actually, I got a person in my network that could maybe solve this problem. And two days later, everyone's chill again because they're like, yeah, we got a way forward. It'll be fine. We'll, we'll plug them in. And, and then six months later is going, oh, yeah, that person, right? Like all of a sudden, it's it, they're gone. They're a, they're, mm-hmm. a, they're a blip. And um, one thing that happened recently was the uh, uh, the bank fail, the Silicon Valley bank failure, mm-hmm. right? Like when, when that happened, there was an entire weekend where a huge percentage of all tech companies had a few people in a back room making calculations about who they could afford to keep and who they could afford to lose. Yeah. And even though the bank was fine come Monday, there was a tremendous number of people out there who had been, who were rounded to, or, you know, or who were de- uh, decreased to a rounding error in the, in the company's head. Yeah. And there's somebody at the company that was like, has made a decision, I can live without you, 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 you. And then they got to show up at work on Monday and like, oh, hey, we get to hang on to you. Everything's Great. cool. But now you, you've been in their head. Yeah, <laughs> you've been in their head as like, you know what? I could lose them. That's fine. I've thought and about it. It would hurt time. to lose that person. It wouldn't hurt to lose that person. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a crazy thing that happened as a result of that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And I mean, you know, if your company's executive suddenly disappears, you've got worse problems. Like you should... You know, if they're saying oh, I just quit, there should have been a previous plan to, you know, let them let the group know, find a replacement in a more orderly fashion. <clears throat> well, but even if they give work. six months notice, it there's there's a panic when the notice happens. Yeah, and it's then true. There's, uh, and, and then you know, a few days later, you've sorted through it, and you're like, no, we got this. 
everything's gonna be fine. Yeah. Right? I Every gave a company weird... a year's notice once. Uh, when I initially was like, okay, I just, I, I need a break. I'm going to give you an entire year. And even that with that, like <laughs> nine months, 10 months later, they came back to me. were like, are you sure? Can we, you know, so well, you're right about you're that. And you're actually good at your job. So there's a lot of people out there who aren't good at their jobs. That's you know, true. That's the other thing. But they're people and <laughs> they, are they people. Uh, you know, being good at your job should not be a re- prerequisite to being alive. Like I think, right. you know, to having a place to live and food and healthcare. Here we go. Here, here's my soapbox. Are you going I'm down the universal health care or universal <laughs> I totally basic am. income again? Universal yeah, income. That's, that's... Let's get it going. <laughs> Especially now in this era of even more AI being obviously put in place to replace people who create content in particular. Um, oh yeah, that's that's close to home for you. But wait, yeah. so so put yourself though in the shoes. Let's say you're you're back at one of your roles where you're managing a team of people and suddenly uh, you know half of them are gone right. for mental health reasons or you know the pregnancy thing. Let's say you you've employed a number of people who are child having age, whether they're, mm-hmm. uh, you know, going to carry those babies or not, um, regardless of gender. And uh, suddenly half Good the job, team's Kendall. gone and they're gone for a long time. <clears throat> yeah, I'm trying. I, it's it's yeah. amazing how ingrained in me some of these things are, even when I, I try to do better. Um, so all of a sudden, a large percentage of the team's gone. Like, Yeah, what do you do? I mean, I literally what, how had... How would you handle that? I literally had a, a team um, at a previous company where one of the team members was incredibly cool and useful and uh committed and did a lot of deep and nasty work that people didn't want to do typically this person worked Mm -hmm. on uh resolving uh long-term bugs and sustaining engineering type work and they were amazing because they cared so much about it but they also uh had some uh some depression issues uh, and this person was a friend of mine outside of work, <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, they uh, stopped showing up at one point and weren't online. And uh, it took, you know, I, I, I would check on them. Uh, I could tell that they were alive because they were watching um, uh, other video game players on Steam. You could watch them. I could see them log in and be participating in things. So I knew that they weren't not there at all but it was it was a difficult time because i started to have my boss asking me what are you going to do about you know this person not showing up um yeah and i'm like i want to give them time because i care about them because they deserve to have uh some slack cut um but uh, over the course of uh a couple of weeks i was told to put them on a pip like i it was i was directed to do that uh, even though I knew that eventually they would get back in and get back on track, <clears throat> and they did. Uh, but yeah, that was that was pretty ob- obnoxious. Like that was hard. Yeah, yeah, and this was this was before COVID. This was before you know there was there wasn't this larger scale thing looming that everyone was aware of. Um, and ultimately, well, that uh, partly that situation ended up in me losing my job because I refused to. Uh, to actually fire them for not showing up for work. Uh, So yeah, that's what I would do. (laughs) That's interesting. Well, I mean, I think there's a place for the line leader, the manager to go to the rest of the team and say, hey, person X needs some time. 
mm-hmm. full stop. You don't have to give yeah, all you the You can't talk about we, it. We as a team, yeah, we as a team are going to do everything we can to support this person as long as they're gone. Let's rise to this occasion. And there can be a, hey, we're in this together to support this person or these people while they're gone. And I think that people do respond to that Mm -hmm. in part because then they believe, hey, if I have a problem and I'm out for a while, they're going to come cover for me, right? And that's uh, that's an encouraging thing. So there is some amount of that. Um, There's a way to do that and and galvanize your team around Mm -hmm. uh, those people, right? Um, I also think there's times to push back up and I think there's times where people up above are going to push back down and just say, hey, we really can't afford this right don't now. Don't care. And don't you... care. Yeah. yeah. Make yeah. the monies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you cannot yeah. count on it. Uh, and I think that that tension is getting worse. And I think we're seeing that reflected in behaviors of the working population, at least in tech, definitely in services industries. Like people found out the frontline workers found out during the early parts of the pandemic how little they were actually cared about by the companies that employed them. Well, because it's it's one thing if you're if you're running a mom and pop garden shop and like you need, you know, Jane and Joao to show up for work or work doesn't get done and the company goes under and now Jane and Joao and you don't have a job. Mm-hmm. That's a different level of, hey, we're all in this together. Let's work towards this. Then if you're owned by a large private equity company or a, a, a publicly traded company that's owned by the shareholders where somebody is told, hey, look, the rich aren't going to get richer if you slow down. Uh-huh. Like, there's a very different impetus, particularly as a line leader and how much you push back on that and understanding what is the root of what does this company look like? And, and and there's there's ups and downs there and there's give and take there, even in the most capitalistic of those companies, because they know if they're just straight assholes. Well, yeah, it's still a calculation, too. a profit loss calculation. calculation. How much yep. assholery can we engage in and not affect the bottom line? In fact, if I am more of an asshole, does that improve the bottom line? Like that calculation is being made constantly. Uh, and I have it's to say, working for warehouses. a small mom and pop business can be just as tragic. Right? Yeah. This is we're we're your family. Hell no, we are not your family. That yeah. don't get caught up in that because the drama can be intense. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, um, well, do you have anything else you want to say about the topic? Uh, no, I don't really want to rant about it. I just want to recognize this conflict because. Yeah. Even as an employee, like you, you're but you're taking your time and energy to go work at a company. You're um, you're often telling yourself a story to make yourself feel okay about it, uh, rather than uh, maybe working on something that's more important to you. Obviously, the underlying need for finance, for money to pay the bills, is there, and that should be enough, honestly. But I, we've kind of gotten into this culture, especially in tech. Of, oh no, I'm here because of a higher purpose. I am passionate about doing this particular thing, starting companies, whatever it is. And I, I think that that is a story that we tell ourselves to make it okay to subject ourselves to this kind of situation. And uh, I wanted to recognize that uh, rather than just pretend, oh no, it's okay. It, you know, this company is cares for me. No, company does not fucking care for you. And it's okay yeah, that you know that and that you acknowledge that and make your choices based around that. 
I think I've uh, I think I've shared this before on the podcast, but the the tweet from Dan Price that says, "Remember, kids, if you study hard, get good grades, go to a good college, get a job, work hard, never take a sick day, live within your means, and do what you're told, then one day your boss might go to space." Yeah, uh, like that. Exactly. <laughs> and it's, it's so true. It's so painful. It's well, so, so painful. okay. So I want to come back to as the on the on the leader side uh, for the line manager in particular. No. How is your company funded? How much does this actually hurt or not hurt? Like if 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 it's three more days of sick leave for a person who's genuinely sick and you're a you know, you're affecting the bottom line of billionaires, know that because that's going to affect how you respond to it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably not affecting the bottom line of the billionaires. Also, it's an opportunity to go talk to the rest of the team about how to care for that team. It's an opportunity to put in place some cultural things and how you respond. It's an opportunity to push up, push back up if you need to. It's an opportunity to educate your boss on all of those things that we just discussed. Now, if you're a senior executive at the company too, think about how those things affect you. And even if you do the right thing, for all the right reasons, but you do the right thing upward and justify it to the rest of your team for all profit and loss reasons, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's there's ways to navigate some of this. Because sometimes you can just make an argument that's purely financial, even though that's not why you're doing it. Uh, and that's yeah. the only way that it'll be heard. And so. if you're thinking about getting into leadership, getting into a management role, it's not all sunshine and candy, right? This is stuff that happens and you have to, just like when you have to fire a person, it might sound like fun to you, but it's totally not fun. Um, if you care about your team and this kind of thing happens, it is. it takes a toll on the leader. It's one of the reasons that <clears throat> historically, at least, managers have been paid a little more because they take this home with them yeah. and have to yeah. represent both directions, upward to protect the team, and downward to make sure that the work gets done and to uh, convey the, the 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 edict handed down by uh, the leadership. So, yeah, it's it, that's a hard part of being a manager. And you should know about so it. So I wanted to, yes, and and I, I don't want to cut this off. I, no, I was going to change direction, but the before we go, I. Um, I wanted to talk about recommendations, so I'm oh, giving yeah. you a heads up uh, if if you have any, because it's been a little bit since we've talked. I want to recommend a book that my daughter suggested to me. Um, I had just finished, I recently read Dune um, mm-hmm. and started the second Dune, which I'm enjoying less. I'm told you kind of have to push through two and three before it gets really interesting again. I don't know. I mean, it's it, they're they're slow moving, which I really enjoy in the movie. But in the book, it can be like a little bit too slow moving because mm-hmm. like I sometimes have to read for five. Especially I don't read in very long sections because I read right before bed and I read. A if not a lot happens, right you're just like I forget. If not a lot happens. Yeah. yeah. And so I said to my daughter, "Hey, I just finished this. I'm looking at reading something that's just like super lighthearted. What do you suggest?" And I read this book. Uh, called, I think it's My Lady Jane, and it is a historical fiction young adult book about uh, Edward, Jane, Queen Elizabeth I, Bloody Mary, um, but it's it's fiction in mm-hmm. that um, the people can turn into animals with magic. And uh, it's super lighthearted and cute. And it, what's really funny is because it's a young adult novel, like um, there's all the romance is like, and they almost kissed. 
but then somebody walked in on them and they didn't get to kiss and like and, and it happens like, like 11 times in the book and it is the funniest thing they're like and he really really wanted to kiss her and it's just like it makes me laugh it really hard makes but, you uh, understand your daughter was, a little better it was a very entertaining book so highly suggested my cool. lady jane if you're uh and there's there's three authors but so let me see if i can tell you one of them but um it's apparently a series the lady jane's uh cynthia hand is the first author so okay cool um anything you can suggest i put you on the spot a little bit because we don't always do this no um well uh i i can i haven't read this book recently but just the thought of like something more lighthearted and fun and yet still um you know still has a great plot and uh keeps you engaged uh i'll i recommend this today because it's john scalzi's birthday today i believe um the uh the kaiju preservation project i think is the name of the novel uh or the kaiju preservation society maybe uh but you should be able to find that definitely great uh palate cleanser if you've been reading something grim um and uh my second recommendation is going to be a tv show that we're part of the way through which is called uh poker face i definitely recommend this um Apparently, it is also an homage to the Columbo show uh, of, of okay. Times Past, which I didn't watch. But apparently, it's yeah. a really great homage to that as well. Stories are fun. It's pretty lighthearted. It's, uh, I-, I definitely recommend it. I think it's on Peacock. Um, but I'm sure you can you know, find it on the high seas if you need to. Do you recommend investing in a cask? or a barrel program or whatever it was called and buying 186 bottles of whiskey. I would say that investment worked out very well for me. Uh, I don't know of any cask program. So this is diff- different from, there's a lot of, um, you can get your own private cask at some of the bigger, uh, for example, bourbon distilleries. Um, and it's not the same thing because they're not, it's not a deep discount. You're just getting your own cask, which is a cool thing. I mean, sure, go ahead and do that if you can afford it. Um, sure. But if you find a distillery that you've sampled the product of and you know that they're going to like there's a lot of these distilleries in Scotland that were in operation 100 years ago and then like went out of business and then um, new people came and took it over and are starting to build it back up again. And you might find another program like that. I think there's less of that happening now than 15 or so years ago. Uh, so yeah, if you, if you come across that situation, I highly recommend it, but remember that also that cast program was designed for people living in the, in, in Britain. Uh, and so they weren't going to have the import fees uh, for the liquor. Um, so that's the part that costs the most for me is, is paying because otherwise it would have been like, I don't know, five or six dollars a bottle to get it from there. Yeah, yeah, but still, seventeen bucks a bottle for seven, sixteen, seventeen-year-old whiskey at sixty-three percent is a great deal. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and yeah, I mean, and it's something special for you, and it's also really fun and easy to celebrate once you're twenty years on and uh, and getting to enjoy the spoils rather than you just invested a bunch of money and you have to wait a long time because whew, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be dead at, well, as soon as I invest in one of those things. I'm going to die. That's the good, next yeah. Year. So I, then it's I part have, of I your inheritance. Invest because, uh, <laughs> or part of the a part of your you <laughs> know my will. your kids will yeah. inherit from you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and even yeah. I even have my own custom label for it. It says you know, Pie Bob's Dram. 
So it's cool. Kaibobstram. Oh, mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah, I'm going to have to look. I, I don't, I'm not on Instagram, so I don't follow you, so I don't see the pictures. Oh, I'll but I need to see the pictures because I want to see, yeah, I want to see the label. So, um, well, thanks so much for talking. And um, I'm glad that you don't have a company that is not your family to be a problem in your life right now, Rachel. Me too. But yeah, and good luck getting ready to move. Uh, uh, and good luck on your trip to uh, Portland next month next one yeah in about a month and a half i mean from from when we're recording this not when this episode ships so and Mm -hmm. we we record another episode i think next week so we should have three whole episodes in a row for everyone we might have a little bit of a blip after that before i get my feet under me but then in theory we can get back into a uh swing that's the plan yay yeah we will we will keep y'all posted and um please continue to have issues with authority yeah and if you want to hear us talk about a topic please reach out you can find us Sounds on the great. Rand Leadership Slack. I'm not on Twitter anymore. I'm on Mastodon. So if you want to find that out, look on Twitter and my profile. Me too. I have a Twitter. I still have a Twitter profile, but uh, yeah. I'm yeah, not, I haven't looked at it in I have fled the musk weeks. land. Yeah, as should you all. Okay. All right. Well, talk to you later. Thanks, Rachel. Bye.